We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in possible. It's a live edition of Booth Review presented by M-Prize Bank. A bank is more than a building down the street. It's a partnership for some of life's biggest joys and obstacles. M-Prize Bank has all the tools for your rainy days and your brightest moments in life. They're your partner in possible. Sign up online for an account today and let them be part of your journey. I'm excited to be on this journey with my dear pal, Scott Chasen. Scott, find him on Twitter at Chasen Scott. Uh, what's up, buddy? Not much, Kent. And by the way, if you want to find tools for your rainy days and your brightest moments on a football field, I guess you should call Lance Leipold. Isn't that what we what we learned on Saturday? And maybe what maybe what Nebraska fans are trying to find out about a little bit right now. I don't know. <sighs> yeah, we got to talk about Lance off the top, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, a lot of circulation there. Uh, Lance Lance's name, Lance Leipold, Kansas Jayhawks head football coach. His name is circulating a lot right now. Uh, amongst uh, a lot of the national beat writers for the Nebraska job. And you might be asking yourself, well, why is Lance Leipold being considered for the Nebraska job? Well, here's why. Uh, or potentially being considered. His name's being thrown out. First off, Kansas is 2-0. and uh, That's a miracle in and of itself because this football team has been downtrodden forever. And for the longest time, this team has really struggled to win football games. They've already got two on the ledger, two games into the season. They look night and day different, just 15 months after Lance Leipold took over, but he's got roots uh, in Nebraska. He coached at Nebraska, Omaha. I believe his wife is from Omaha. Is that correct as well? From Nebraska, yeah. Yeah, and he also, oh, by the way, coached at Nebraska uh, during the you know the end of the golden e- uh, years for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So that's why Lance Leipold, I think, his name is circulating, and honestly, deservedly so, because, I, look, I mean... 15 months into what we've seen to this point, Scott, I get why why his name is already floating because he has 
brought a program back to life in a remarkably short amount of time that I don't think anybody anticipated them seeing this quickly. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I will dumb it down or make it simpler or whatever, like even more than that. Lance Leipold is a damn good football coach. Yeah. Right. And Lance Leipold's staff is really impressive and really good at what they do. The offensive staff, offensive line coach, quarterback, like you run down that staff. They've had continuity. They've had success at places that haven't always had it. And in a normal year, in a normal, in normal circumstances, you know, coming off of Bo Pelini, for example, when Nebraska is winning nine and 10 games every year, it doesn't feel like that's enough. No, uh, this current iteration of where Lance Leipold is in his career is not under any consideration at all. But think about how far Nebraska has fallen. I don't think Scott Frost ever went above. He was never 500 or above any season at Nebraska. I mean, that program sucks since they left (laughs) the Big 12. uh, It's been a dumpster fire. Yeah. They have unrealistic expectations. They have great fans. Shout out Nebraska fans. And I'm sure some of them will watch this. Um, You guys rock. You guys sell that place out. You guys, um, you do everything to support your football team. But the boosters are insane. The administration is horrible. The coaching has been incompetent and the product has suffered. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense that they would then at at least national writers would throw out a name like Lance Leipold. You know, he did address it at his press conference by basically not addressing it. He was asked if he had a comment. He said he's focused on coaching Kansas. But this is not something, Kent, that I think is going to get quieter. I, I think the longer Nebraska does not have a coach, the more people will ask the question. Are they interested in Lance Leipold, especially if Kansas is good? Yeah, and I mean, it's just, I'll, I'm going to speak from a, a, I've supported Kansas football for 25, 20, 30 years of my life. I'm 33 years old, so you do the math. I was going to ask the question. I knew that, but I had forgotten that. You Are you, you're not 30 yet. You're like 21. Uh, my birthday's in a couple weeks. You can get me a present. You and Michael Swain are both like just these just, children uh it's incredible um i've supported this team i've supported this team for most of my life i followed this team for most of my life my dad worked on campus as a pastor for like 20 years so i i got to play pickup basketball in allen Fieldhouse when i was a kid because it, it was like a dream you're right all right so like i've been very you know i've been this this program's meant a lot to me in my life okay and the emotions of the just the idea of Lance Leipold potentially not being in Kansas anymore after a decade of just just destitution it's just it's heartbreaking to even consider and i mean i think there's probably i look i think if you're a Kansas Jayhawk fan right now you're probably waiting for the other shoe to drop right now the KU's 2 and 0 you don't know what to do with yourself you don't know like how to feel emotion wise just about this team. And like, there's like a little, like you're afraid to have expectations probably for this Houston game a little bit still. And then you get this stuff thrown on, on top of it. It's like, I mean, it's just a lot to deal with as a Kansas fan. And I don't think like, I think, I think we're all as as Kansas fans, you're just probably distracted by so much right now around this program. And I think that's probably not what Lance Leipold wants right now. Like the last thing Lance Leipold wants as he's trying to build this program is for any concerns or questions about his future. But this yeah. is what has happened. This is how <laughs> this is the job you signed up for, Lance. You may not have expected that people would be, you know, 
try trying to, to potentially to swoop in and take you two games into your second season. Well, Ken, I will say this, and I, th- I think you agree with me here. The good news for Kansas is Lance Leipold at what is he now four and ten? Kansas coach is not going to Nebraska. Uh, let's talk at the end of the year if okay. Kansas. At, at, at current state, they're not hiring him this week. I feel pretty sure, good about that. Sure, yeah, they're not let's, taking a midseason, and I don't think Lance yeah. would do that. So let's let's talk about like Kansas is seven and five at the end of the year. I don't think that's going to happen, by the way. Um, but I'm just throwing that out purely just to for you know the this hypothetical. Then yeah, like maybe it makes more sense. Maybe Nebraska can sell it better. That's also pretty good for Kansas too, right? Like Kansas has to have a great special season. I think for this to come together, but if you're a Kansas fan, like I, I don't think there's any of you that's like, well, it's not the worst thing in the world if we're still rebuilding a little bit. Like, no, I, I think you're still full tilt and you're still wanting to see how good this team can be because we've already seen how good they can be offensively. And I think it's pretty dang good. Well, there's a reason Lance Leipold's getting all this attention. It's because Kansas beat West Virginia on Saturday. That's part of what you're seeing. You, I mean, I, I think the the energy around this program has changed uh, because of what we saw uh, in Morgantown, West Virginia, where, I mean, we talked about it in the postgame show. Kansas dominated that game largely. Yeah. I mean, Kansas, I we've rewatched it. We've both rewatched it. Kansas was the better football team. That wasn't a fluke. That wasn't an accident. Kansas earned that game. They started out horrifically slow and then just they were they were easily the better football team after, you know, the first couple possessions on offense for West Virginia. It really what it was is it was two possessions on offense for West Virginia, one possession for Kansas and everything else was all Jayhawks basically after that. Um, We we both kind of had a chance to rewatch it. Was there any big takeaways afterwards that you kind of saw that you you wanted to make sure you brought up after some rewatches? Yeah, there were there were a few, but I think the one for me. I'm so impressed by the way the tight ends and the offensive line blocked, um, especially in passing situations. Like seeing that Jalen Daniels was under pressure a couple of times, but it was like two, three times compared to what quarterbacks in previous years have had to face. And even on the touchdown where he's pressured up the middle, he gets the ball off to, uh, to Devin Neal and Michael Ford kind of allowed the guy to get to him. He at least like did enough to force his path a little bit wider to one, give Jalen Daniels like clear vision to where he needed to go and at least, you know, make that guy pause a split second. But Jared Casey, Mason Fairchild, Mason Fairchild does not look like Mason Fairchild. Mm -hmm. Like if you showed me film with blind numbers, I'd be like, oh yeah, Trevor Cardell is having like a great year for Kansas blocking. No, Mason Fairchild is a better blocker. He makes blocks downfield. It's to the point where you're like, is he holding that guy? Because he's actually <laughs> blocking like so effectively. And then Jared Casey as H back, whatever, whatever position he's playing, he seals and sets that edge so well. And the number of times where he's, you know, running out, he's got the running back behind him. He flips around, makes sure that no one is going to get through him. And then the running back takes off. Those are two really good tight ends. And I'd be shocked if Kansas doesn't get some all, uh, you know, some all big 12 love when it comes to the tight ends. Yeah, no, I think they've played really, really well. And you're right. Mason Fairchild, I think even looks different physically. Like he's a little mm-hmm. denser. I mean, this is, this is a, uh, we were talking about this on, on the KC laboratory, which on, uh, by the way, this is on KCSNU. This is our new college only. It's all about the U baby. It's, this is the new college channel on YouTube. So make sure you're subscribing to that. If you're watching right now, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. You'll get all of our, uh, college content here as well. Um, but I like the, the the Chiefs kind of built a 
bigger football team with their personnel. Man, KU's kind of in the same boat too. Like, I mean, you've got you can trot out two hundred and sixty pound tight ends. I mean, you like that's not that's not normal. But you can play with two hundred and fifteen pound backs. Put Devin Neal and and, uh, Daniel Highshaw in the backfield at the same time. Those are two fifteen, two hundred twenty pound backs that you're throwing back there with a two hundred fifteen pound quarterback that can run the football a little bit with with blockers like you know Jared Casey running about 250 he's 6 foot tall you know and and, and Mason Fairchild 260 to Vita Noah like this is a bigger football team and like you see the diversity in the scheme but like this team can also play a little bit of big boy football here like especially some of these big 12 defenses trying to play a little bit smaller at times like this mm-hmm. could be an asset down the road and i think that's partially why you're seeing this offense hum the way it has is I mean, personnel like and, and the the meshing of personnel and concepts has been fantastic so far. Yeah, I'm gonna say a name I did not think I would ever say on this show. So uh, Les Miles's daughter, Smacker Miles, um, before sure, yeah, I know. Let's go here. What right. <laughs> before before Les was hired? And by the way, if you if you really want to do some research on this, go back and look at the first episode of Miles to Go or one of the first ones where they are uh, talking about how a reporter took some words they said and they didn't like the article that was written. And you can guess uh, which reporter that was. And <laughs> that article. Um, she was on a, a show. I don't know if she hosts it or she's like a co-host or something. They're interviewing her um, as like a football expert. Um, she's done a lot of reporting stuff. And she's saying, if you're at Kansas, why wouldn't you just get some massive offensive linemen and just run the ball. And then you saw Les Miles come here and, and I'm not going to like bash on Les Miles. I actually think there's podcasts for another time. Like Les Miles actually laid like a legitimate foundation in terms of like resources allocated to football, a lot of talent on the roster. We'll talk about that later. Um, but Les Miles then took that and was like, yeah, let's just run it into the box every time. Like let's run it between the tackles and like Power toss. even when there were like 10 guys in the box. Lance Leipold is like the version of that combined with like new age thoughts and thinking. And Andy Kotelnicki is in this too. And Scott Fuchs and that whole offensive staff, like how creative they are, not just with triple option, not just with zone read, but just, I mean, how many times did they line up in a weird formation change to another weird formation? And the defense has no clue what's going on. And Neil Brown, after the game, it was apparent that like he wasn't clueless, but he knew that they were going to put them in that stress Kansas has some offensive creativity and you even saw it. You shouted out the sugar huddle that they've done before. Well, they did that once then they threw it over the top of them. They hit him for a quick strike to, I think it was Luke, Luke Grimm. Grimm. Luke Grimm, beautiful yeah. little play action shot. I love the creativity. I know we talk about it a lot, but I am so blown away week after week, especially on rewatch of just how creative Kansas runs the ball, runs that option game and then uses it to set up the pass. I don't know if new age is the right word when I think about it, Scott. I just think it's a whatever works philosophy because like some of these concepts are are older. They are older concepts. The triple option has been around forever. Yeah. It's I think they're in unbalanced looks like basically if if you want to know what an unbalanced like you heard Neil Brown maybe talk about unbalanced and what it is is basically um, all of your eligible receivers are kind of pushed to one side of the formation. You have to actually put two eligible receivers on the line of scrimmage because your your tackle is essentially eligible. I don't know if he's technically eligible in college, but you're basically forcing the defense to adjust to um, numbers on one side of the field and, and adjust appropriately. 
um, because you you may not have to uh, adjust for an eligible receiver, but you have to adjust for an extra gap there added by one of those inline tight ends that's probably no longer eligible to go out on a pass. So they're they're kind of overloading essentially one side of a formation most of the time. And West Virginia had a terrible time yeah. trying to um, you know trying to to navigate that stuff. And it's it's not a new concept, but here here this is this is the stuff that if you're Houston right now, okay, you're Houston. You've got to worry about over. Uh, you got to work on these unbalanced. Look, how are we going to line up when they go unbalanced? You've got to worry about this this diverse triple option game with you know essentially using the receiver as the wing back. But you've also got to deal with a lot of misdirection in the run game too, because some of the the arc releases from the tight end. I think Neil Brown even mentioned that too. Is like the way that that you're leveraging and utilizing some of the tight ends on different releases. You know the split zone looks where they're cutting the backside of the playoff. Their arc releasing up the field. There was just a lot of diversity in what they presented. So now Houston's having to deal with four different kind of principles. Isn't the right word, but it kind of is. Like there are different principles that they've just kind of merged together. And that's a nightmare for defensive coordinators. That's an absolute nightmare for defensive coordinators. Just working on triple option stuff hurts these guys. But now they've got to deal with all this variety that they've thrown at them. And that's what I think is so impressive because like Scott, you talk about creativity and you're 100% right. This is a wildly creative offensive Mm -hmm. staff, but being able to execute that many different principles, that many different concepts, that different, many different kind of looks at the same time is insane. That doesn't happen. Teams are not good at, at multiple things. That's why some teams will just line up and run mesh all day. You know, they'll, they'll run, you know, Mike Leach's offense. They have like nine plays, right? This yeah. team is giving teams fits trying to prepare for this. And it's just, it's so impressive. And I think that's like that. It blows my mind how well they're able to execute all this stuff. Yeah. Well, Kent, can I give you credit for something um, that we talked about before the season? So we had, we had an idea that KU was installing some option. Didn't know to what extent, didn't know when they were going to break it out. And, and you pointed out that you, you expected this to be sprung on West Virginia in mm-hmm. game two. Listening, I, I don't know if you caught Lance Lightbolt's press conference just a little bit ago, but he's talking about the same thing. How much option were they going to do? When were they going to put it in? Um, I would still say I don't think it's like full tilt in because I think there's so much more that they can do with it. Um, and there's stuff even that they're showing. Like, I think there was only one time they did this. I could be wrong. I've only only rewatched once and I wasn't specifically looking for this, but normally like they brought a receiver either in motion or, or someone from one side to the other as like the trail guy in the, in the option game, right. Running behind the quarterback that they could pitch it to. But then I saw one time where they motioned a receiver and then sent him the other way. And then they took the option that direction. I think it was a design handoff the whole way. Like, I think that was all kind of just, you know, misdirection or, or something to give the, give the defense something to look at that they weren't going to. But I was like, well, Hey, hold on. You've now opened up a whole nother way that, that, you know, you can do triple option and stuff like that. I'm very excited to see where it goes because yeah, you're right. New age, not the right word, but new age for Kansas football. Absolutely. Like oh, yeah. this is, this is with, I don't want to overblow it, but this is like taking the coastal Carolina thing to like another level, especially with how effectively Kansas runs the ball. Like that coastal Carolina thing works because Grayson McCall is freaking awesome. And they had an amazing tight end, a good system. Um, this team has like three legitimate potential all big 12 running backs. If they get going, I think two half one hasn't yet. It just takes it to a new level. 
multiple is like such a crutch word i think sometimes for mm -hmm. coaches and how they're describing their offense but like kansas legitimately is multiple and they're good like there's some like there is a uh you know like some people are paralyzed by the uh the, I, one of the one of the, like the cheesecake factory men menu some people are <laughs> paralyzed by it and there's too much on there and you you can't be specific and targeted in but like this team like and, and and cheesecake factory what what are they known for what are they good at what are they, what are they good you know like it's just kind of like a cheesecake but like you, everything is it though you know what i'm yeah. saying like i think that's the thing it's like some team some people can't have a cheesecake factory menu and actually be able to put good food on the table consistently <laughs> but like kansas has figured that out they kansas is the out cheesecake factory they that's are what the, you're saying kansas is the cheesecake factory uh yeah and it's delicious yeah. uh i, I got this, a quick this podcast is sponsored by <laughs> Uh, Cheesecake Factory. Actually, no, it's not. But the wait is over in DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is officially live in Kansas, just in time for football season. That means legally betting on same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the Sunflower State. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 800-522-4700. 21 and older, physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resorts. I was so close to finishing that without mumbling. One word. And you then I were so close. Ken, I got a question for you. Before right. I do, real quick, quick recommendation for anyone listening. Cheesecake Factory, <laughs> bagel, scramble eggs. They do it better than anyone. And I know you're thinking, why would I get a bagel and eggs for $9 at the Cheesecake Factory? It's really good. That's is it fun. is it available like all day? Any, you, I think you have to ask for cream cheese. It's good. Make a sandwich. They do it perfect. Comes with potatoes. Okay. The question. What? I'm sorry. You just, you just no. proved the point of if, if the bagel and, if the bagel and eggs Every is good. That that's yeah. That's the that's the unbalanced look for Kansas right now. It's just <laughs> it's thriving. Well, speaking of things that are way more successful than they should be, no. Um, let me ask you about the defense. So you had you had a comment to me that I'd love for you to expand upon. I think this is where we start with the defense. What what did you think of how Craig Young played? Because West Virginia went went after him, but more than going after him, kind of went after the role he was playing, right? The coverage linebacker role. They went after that a few times. How did you think he held up, and what did you think of the defense? Yeah, so like – I, th I feel like Craig Young got like a little bit of I don't I don't know if bad rap's the right word but like I think some people were not like overly thrilled at times with his performance and I actually all things considered I thought he did really well especially considering everything that he was asked to do because I mean and we talked about this and, and Brian Borland's talked about this is this team's you know going to stop the run they are focused on stopping the run that means that they're probably willing to play a little bit heavier personnel than maybe some other teams would. And that's why Craig Young's like the perfect piece for this defense because he's got linebacker size. He can play a little bit in the box. He can blitz. 
long athletic guy, but he's got the safety background. He's got some cover skills. And yeah, there were some moments where Bryce Ford Wheaton, who might be the best receiver in the big 12, took him to lunch. Uh, one specifically in the red zone it was kind of a, it was like a, a difficult rep. And there was one other play, you know, change of direction wasn't great. Look, I live, I'm, I'm fine living with, with maybe, you know, Craig Young not being the perfect cornerback, uh, nickel corner, because this is a guy that allows them to play a little heavier, base a little bit heavier, and still have another enough coverage chops. And I think in zone, like, I think he did some really, really good things because, like, I saw him challenging some windows and making some windows difficult. That length plays, that athleticism plays, it plays in a lot of different ways. And I think he's a perfect kind of versatile chess piece for this defense that, like, I don't. I just, it just feels like some of the uh, concern about Craig Young, I think he played just fine. They're asking a lot of him, and I think he's actually done a really good job executing uh, and playing what they're asking him to do across the board because they they put a lot on his plate, I think. Yeah, well, I agree on Craig Young. Also, just I thought the defense in general, and, and you said this, this is correct. It's an old adage. I'm not crediting it uh, to you originally, but Man. it's never as good as it looks on film, or never it's never as good as you think. It's never as bad as you think. Um that immediately is how I felt about the defense. And and for me, the biggest one in, in that category was Lonnie Phelps. Um, there's a lot of question about what is credited as a pressure. Um, to me, I think it's a pressure if a guy rushing the quarterback alters or affects the play in some way. Uh, whether or not the quarterback is actually concerned about being sacked, whether or not it, you know, if the quarterback sees you're, you coming and it changes something they do, I, I think that guy deserves credit. I had five different plays that I thought Lonnie Phelps affected. He drew a hold. He absolutely should have drawn uh, another one where there's like holding on every play, but it was like especially egregious. He had a sack where he was face masking a dude. So that tells you that he was in the backfield. And I I just, I saw a little bit of the motor and I saw, you know, you kind of had predicted that against guys with the bigger size, he might struggle a little bit more. I think he did at times. I think there were definitely plays where he was neutralized and taken out. But I came away from a rewatch of this game going play by play, you know, hold my little remote clicking, clicking, you know, going back saying, I think he affected a lot more plays. And I think Lance Leipold was higher on him today in his presser and even made a comment that, you know, teams are going to game plan for him because of what he did week one. I think it's on the other guys to step up. And I'll just end on this real quick. Um, Defensively, there was that play where they gave up the wide receiver screen that went for a touchdown. A lot of guys made mistakes in that. That was not a one-guy mistake. Like Zion DeBose was late noticing that. Kenny Logan obviously took a horrible angle. Jacoby Bryant didn't fight through to make a tackle. Like Romello Dotson, who's not a great tackler in his own right, he did that later in the game. Um, so there were, there were a lot of guys. Uh, Lorenzo McCaskill had a bad arm tackle on that sequence. A lot of guys had to mess up for that play to go wrong. But then when it was run the other way and it was Lonnie Phelps, uh, I think it was Romello Dotson like got first contact and Lonnie Phelps was like, okay, he's done and flattened the dude. And that was the end of it. There was no wide receiver screen breaking for a touchdown. I thought this defense got better as the game went on. They gave up some more, uh, some longer runs. Cause I thought they lightened the boxes a little bit to deal with the pass game, but this game defense got better. I was very impressed with them. Um, if West Virginia doesn't hit three fourth down conversions on three different drives, uh, KU wins this game easily in regulation. I think that's a big deal. And two big explosive plays, one where your safety falls down. Like, yeah. 
that I think I think there's a lot more encouraging signs on the defensive side of the ball. Like I, I, they haven't played their best game. I, I there's a lot of meat left on the bone for them when it comes to improving. Hey, really quick, if you like this show, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, <laughs> subscribe to KCSNU. It's a new channel devoted all to college sports, and we've got all kinds of great stuff uh, available during the week. So hit the like, hit the subscribe button. Um, I want to jump in here real quick because we did get a comment uh, and a question. AR Ward asks, is it crazy to think a bowl game is a legit possibility? Scott, what do you think? There's a number for me. Okay. KU's got to start. There, there are three options here before I will entertain bowl game. Although I, I do think it's it's in the, the realm of – it's in the vicinity of possibility. I, I don't think it's there yet. Dominating win over Houston, 4-0 start, or a 4-1 start with a loss to Houston. Um, one, one of those possibilities, one, I think K will be approaching getting ranked, which we should talk about too, but that's when all, like, I, I think a bowl game is possible because you've got those games. You've got Iowa state, you've got TCU, you've got Texas tech, right? Like there, there are some games. Texas. Up <laughs> I, I think Texas is a little less winnable probably this year, but you've, you've got some winnable games coming up. You, you've got seven that you should be competitive in, even if you're not going to win all or even most, you should be competitive. Um, I, I got to see it again because I don't know how good West Virginia is. You know, West Virginia played Pitt close week one. Is that closer to what West Virginia is? Or is West Virginia maybe the ninth or 10th best team in the Big 12? And then I want to see what Kansas is a little bit more. I want to see them stay healthy. But we're starting, I mean, we're definitely in like the four to five range for win predictions now. You you can't be like, oh, they'll win two or three games. No, like it, it, it's time to move up from that a little bit. If you used one of your free bets on DraftKings on Kansas over two and a half wins, you're feeling pretty good about yourself right now. That's a good point. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Houston game. Uh, I, I do, and I, I will we'll ask the question because we did talk. It's like, if KU blows out Houston, do they get ranked? Are they a top twenty-five? I think there's a chance if they go beat the brakes off of Houston. If they win by double digits in Houston on the road against a team that's I, honestly Houston's pretty good football team. It's highly regarded. The first two games were not cakewalks. UTSA very good. Uh, Texas Tech at home not an easy win uh, or not an easy game to play in. If Kansas goes and beats if, if Kansas goes and beats Houston, I think there's a chance that they're at least receiving votes in the top 25, which is just absolutely absurd to think about. I think they'd have to win pretty dominantly to even start receiving like notable votes. But I'll say this. If there was like, if you ask Neil Brown and you ask Dana Holgerson, like does this team look closer to a top 25 team or like a fringe? Why is this even a division one team? They're going to tell you it's top 25 easily. Neil, Neil Brown cut a WWE level promo after the game, talking up how good Kansas is. Um, and uh, Dana Holgerson has already, in like previewing this game, talked about how difficult Kansas is to deal with. I think someone on the, the West Virginia staff told the broadcast team at, at ESPN that like Kansas might be the most improved team in the nation. Yeah, I, here's the thing to me is like, if Kansas is like 3-0, 4-0, 4-1, like somewhere in this range, people are going to start noticing. I don't know if like national media that's voting is going to do anything other than see like, oh, well, Houston is one and two and how good is West Virginia? They haven't won a game and like whatever. So I think it may take four and oh, but it's in the vicinity. And and by the way, this Kansas team looks good. This doesn't look like a Kansas team that, that's getting fluky wins. We mentioned this on the last show. You mentioned it earlier. After falling behind 14, nothing in large part because of some freak plays. Kansas outscored West Virginia by 27 points. West Virginia had three touchdown drives. 
that they converted on a fourth down. And Kansas outscored them by 27 points. That is domination. That is not close. That is, oh, the scoreboard looked close and the game got into overtime because Kansas didn't go for a fourth and one late. Now, I actually kind of thought it was the right decision because they're up eight. There's a whole lot of math about being up eight versus up seven. Computers love being up eight. Um, But like Kansas beat the brakes off West Virginia. It just didn't show because the first two possessions of the game, Kansas shot itself in the foot horribly. Yeah. Um, If Kansas does that again, yeah, I feel pretty good about this team. You agree? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I do. Uh, if if they can just if they can just you know start strong if they start strong against Houston if they play sixty complete minutes of football which I think will probably be one of the emphasis emphases 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 uh, for this team I think that's that'll probably be one of the things that they're harping on this week is let's start strong let's let's start this game off on the right foot let's not shoot ourselves in the foot right off the bat. I think those are the. I think that's one of the point of emphasis. I think going into Houston, the good news is they've already played a true road game. They're going to be more than prepared for the Houston crowd. Um, the weather might be a little, 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 uh, little moist down there for them. Uh, a little hot down there for them. That could be interesting. Um, but I, I think I, I think this team, if they if they play fast, they play well off the top. And they don't beat themselves like they did those first two. They're going to be in this game all the way to the end. Um, I believe on DraftKings last line I saw was minus 10 uh, for Houston. So Kansas plus 10 points. Scott, before we get out of here, what is your score prediction for this game? That's a good question. Um, and I have a question for you in addition to that before we get out of here too. Okay. One, th- one thing that you're looking for in addition to your score prediction. Okay. Um, no, so then you give us one thing you're looking for on the, in this side and this and then uh, – and the then score predictions score prediction. Yeah. Um, I kind of think Kansas might win this game, Ooh! which is a little spicy and not usually where I'm at. Like I had them losing to West Virginia. Um, I, I'm, I'm really kind of borderline on this. Uh, I, I think this is the first time that the KU offense might hit some snags. I think we've been overdue a little bit for some Jalen Daniels um, 
you know, forcing it a little bit. He did it a little in the first game, did a little in camp. He really didn't against West Virginia. I thought that was super impressive, especially in overtime. Uh, he had one play where he absolutely could have forced it down the field. Um, instead, took the check down, got the roughing the passer call, which you'd say he got bailed out. But I would say, hey, he put KO in a position that no matter what, uh, that they were going to get at worst a field goal. And that's not a play like last year. Jalen Daniels throws that sucker in there and it might get picked off. Um, I didn't get a great look at the coverage downfield. So I want to see how Jalen Daniels handles that. want to see him make better decisions in zone read, triple option. Some of those plays are tricky because they're designed handoffs that are supposed to look like triple option or zone read. Um, so you can never like totally know, but I thought decision-making was questionable. So I want to I see him be better there. I, I'll take Houston in like a, a 30 to 21 kind of game ish, something like that. But I will say this, I am going to pick Kansas to beat Duke. Uh, that's regardless of what happens in this next game. I think Duke is good, but I also think um, Duke has made some backbreaking mistakes already that haven't cost it in games that should have. Um, I think Kansas is going one and one in these next two games. I absolutely do. And I think Kansas is winning four or five games this year. Um, and that's my starting point. And if Kansas comes out and beats Houston, I might pick them to make a bowl game. I don't know. We'll it's bowl started. season, baby. If they do, if they beat Houston, they beat Duke. They start the season four and oh, they're going bowling. Oh, yeah. Um, I just love how you're like, I think I might pick Kansas. I uh, said might. I said might. And then you have them losing by nine? Huh. You think they're scoring 21 points? If if their offense goes off again, like if it goes off again, there will be no more like low scoring predictions for me. And I like Jalen Daniels, by the way. I'm not a, uh, not a hater in the slightest. I just... We haven't seen the turnovers yet. Haven't seen the turnovers yet. Well, but like I think here's the thing. So Kansas has won three of their last five football games, and they've lost by a combined total of nine points in the two losses that they have. <coughs> Excuse me as I almost die. I think one of, the, one of the things that has been a hallmark of the turnaround has been mistake-free football. And mistake-free <coughs> is not something that's actually going to happen, right? And you mm -hmm. saw that at the beginning of the West Virginia game. Yeah. But this team is not turnover prone. They are not a team that makes big mistakes. Um, the the version of Kansas that we've seen the last five weeks that kind of looks like, you know, the identity of, of what Lance Leipold wants. So we haven't seen that happen in a long time. And now I'm talking myself into the Kansas winning now. I'm talking myself into Kansas winning now because I wasn't about to talk myself into Kansas winning. But now I'm I'm getting it's uh, it's getting dangerously close. If I talk for another minute, Scott, I might do it. Um, I I have Kansas covering. Yeah, me too. I have Kansas covering, and I think it's going to be a close game. And it's not going to be anything that's going to discourage fans from packing the booth and watching this team beat Duke handily in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. I I'm picking the same thing. I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be a high scoring game. I think it's gonna be 38 to 35. Hmm. Uh I think KU loses the game by three in a heartbreaking fashion. And you know, it, it'll be good, you know, it, it it's it's still a sign of positivity. It's a it's a sign that you want to see because I don't think any of us would have anticipated a three point loss to Houston, but that's where I'm at. They win in a week uh, or in two weeks against Duke. And I hope I see y'all at the booth. Go and pack the go pack the booth. These kids deserve it. This this program deserves it because they have done their end. They have, you know, Lance Leipold has brought this thing back from the dead. This is competent football that is worthy of your time. Go watch him. Go, yeah, Ken, go see him. Ken, I've never been that guy to be like, fans really need to show out for them.
but like everything going on with this program, Lance Leipold job rumors, conference realignment that's always kind of hanging around, a football team that's good, that's fun, that's exciting, that's committed to building with an infrastructure that extended Lance Leipold before the season, I might add. They did not wait for 2-0. and Smart. Uh, that has brought in transfers, that has devoted their resources. I'd say it'd be a shame if the booth wasn't. Absolutely. I know it's 11 a.m., but like I'll be there, you know, I'll be up in the press box watching that game. And I, I hope I look down and see that everyone is there enjoying the weather, enjoying, hopefully it's not too hot. And I hope I remember sunglasses because the sun is always in my eye in 11 a.m. games. My wife watched West Virginia game with, with me. And at, at the end, she's like, when are we going? I was like, that's, that's, I think that's what the K- Kansas administration wants to hear. Cause I think there's probably a lot more people like that in, in the same boat as my wife. All right, we're both picking uh, KU losses, close ones, KU covering, uh, and uh, some fun things happen in two weeks at Memorial Stadium. Uh, That's been Booth Review. Thank you all so much. We'll be reacting to this game uh, right after it happens. We'll catch you later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.